This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 471 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com and you, our terrific auditors. This week I speak with a true adventurist and filmmaker. He has ridden the Mongol Derby twice and over the last three years has worked on a film about the Mongol Derby called All the Wild Horses. The film is due out this fall and we hear all about it and it stars a listener favorite. Devin Horn. You heard her on our coverage of the Mongol Derby over the past couple of weeks. Plus, the Horselovers.com product review is the Efficient Atlas Protective Flower System. What the heck is that? Well, we'll find out. Listen in. This is Glenn Geek, and you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, you still have until August the 28th to get your entries in for Equestrians Have Talent. Horse Nation, I'm happy to say, is now involved. We're, this is a joint project, and they're announcing it today. So we're looking forward to getting entries from their audience as well. And I'm very excited also that Kristen from Horse Nation will be co-hosting those episodes with me. I have about 20 entries. We'd love to get 10 more so we can p- spread this over three different episodes. We're hoping to play about 10 entries per episode and then have voting at the end of each episode. Have you guys vote for the winners and we'll have the top three back on the final episode to uh, to have a showdown on the final episode to name the official first ever Equestrians Have Talent champion. Now what's involved? Well, a trophy. That's what's involved. We're going to have a trophy with one of our mics on the top. It'll be very cool for you and also bragging rights for the next year to say that you are the Equestrians Have talent champion. So we want you to get your entries in. You can find all the details. And by the way, if it's bad, it's good. Think Gong Show meets American Idol. Think Gong Show meets America's Got Talent. Somewhere in the middle there, if it's bad, you're likely to get more votes because listeners will love it and think it's funny. So we don't care what you do, whether you sing, uh, you know, whether you play an instrument. We've had a couple of those. You know what we haven't had is groups. We haven't any barn groups get together and sing in the barn or, or poetry or whatever. You know, think creatively and come up with some great ideas and send them in. The other thing, if you've been following the Mongol Derby, if you read the Mongol Derby as uh, their tweets, they have some very funny tweets. And if you read some of the funny tweets as a race announcer, as a racing announcer, how funny would that be? Haven't had one of those yet either. So think outside the box, people. Get creative. And you can get those in today and find out where at uh, horseradionetwork.com slash talent. Horseradionetwork.com slash talent. Helena is doing great. She loves her new job and may have found a little farm near where she is now to buy. So they're working on that. But she's very happy and she says hello to everybody. And we're very excited for her. Let's get to our first guest now. And coming up is Evo Marlowe. Evo has ridden the Mongol Derby twice. He is a filmmaker and a movie producer and he has put together a movie it took him three years to do it called all the wild horses about the mongol derby starring our our very own friend devin horn so we're going to hear all about that all about what life is like in mongolia for the natives what they use their ponies for we talked about all kinds of different stuff that i think you're going to find interesting and is really going to make you want to see this movie so here we go The idea of the wide open spaces of Mongolia and the feeling of insignificance in that enormous space 
along with horses, I felt would give me an amazing spiritual experience of an otherworldly place. I think the way of life we're going to see here will not last forever. I think they're dangerous, <laughs> but they're also brilliant, and my horse at home would never do half the things these horses would do. My fears are getting kicked in the head by one of these rank little mongrel ponies. You know, we saw a guy today come off, you know, seven people. There's already been blood shed out here today. My fear is that I will be medevac to Thailand tomorrow night. Uh, Greg, this is Medic One. Uh, we've got two casualties with us. Well, Evo, thank you so much for joining us on the Stable Scoop Show. We really appreciate you being here. I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm very glad to be here. Thank you very much for having me. All the wild horses racing across a thousand kilometers of Mongolian wilderness on wild horses. Did the idea for doing the movie come before you decided to be one of the crazy people riding in the Mongol Derby, or did it come <laughs> after? It came after, actually. Um, because I grew up with horses, like every, all, mo most of the riders on on the derby, and um, and I just wanted to ride it. And then, um, because my background is um, filmmaking, that's my day job. Um, so I just applied to be a rider on the sh on the derby. And then it takes a long time to to get accepted. You have to kind of apply. You have to prove that you're good enough. And once you get through all that and you get accepted. Um, you realize this is this is a um, you know chance of a lifetime. So at that point, I thought maybe I should try and film it somehow. And then I raised, um, started thinking about how to do it. At first, I was going to make it like a little video or something, and I thought that's kind of boring. So um, yeah, went full on into it, and you know, um, contact loads of companies that might be able to pitch in. So yeah, Red Bull came in first time and um, gave me some um, funding to, to do the first um, part of the shoot, and then it kind of grew from there. And then we shot it over three years in the end. Yeah, I mean, you had planned on it being one year? Yeah, we. I, I thought, um, because I, I took a crew over to Mongolia, and they were going to film it um, with a crew car and um, everything, and then I was also going to ride it myself and film it, so we had basically two cameras on the go. And I thought that was going to be good enough. But um, unfortunately, it turned out that, you know, the stories are really hard to track, some of them, because it's just um, people just get lost in it's the wilderness. It's a big space. And you <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a very big space, and people just, you can't find them anymore. So in the end, um, I had to kind of concede in the edit afterwards that 
it just didn't quite work yet. So I had to decide to go back next year and and write it again and film another person, another writer. And yeah, and then it kind of grew from there. And then eventually, I uh, went back a third time <laughs> to film uh, to film Devon Horn, who um, <clears throat> who's on on horse radio as well. And uh, and she really made the movie what it is because she it was a really good like what I'd call a, the the back uh, the spine of a story. So she kind of became one of the spines of the film of uh, a ninety minute film. And yeah. So I'm 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 very glad I went back. You need and so now we you, have you know I, you see so many documentaries where they cover you know a big open event like this. Yeah. But they forget that it's the end of you have to be invested in somebody or two somebody's or three even but two or three <clears throat> in in a in a film like this to really make it work. Yeah. Yeah, that that was the big challenge. But my background is um, script writing, so I I was always going to make it like um, like a proper movie. I didn't want to make kind of like a boring documentary or 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 you know or even the other the other extre- extreme is what they you know what they do at Red Bull a lot, which is basically kind of glorified music videos with lots of action, yeah, but, right. You know, not really any story, <laughs> right? And so I wanted to make a proper story where people watch it and they don't really even worry about the fact that it's a documentary that's kind of that's that was the aim and so yeah a lot of that happened in the edit you know to find those moments where people really showed their grit and and the emotion and the ups and downs and and really kind of get that out on screen um yeah so that's why i think that's probably one of the reasons why it actually took about a year and a half just the post-production just the edit of the film but it, yeah, and, and then it we really has to make pe- it has to do a lot of things. It has to make people laugh. It has to make people cry. It has to make yeah. people worry. You know, it has to bring out all of those emotions to make it really good. And and in the yeah. editing, that's where you make that happen, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so we 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 did it like, <laughs> and you, basically, you kind of have to sort your footage into themes. You know, you kind of sort it out by you know accidents, drama, and you know bad weather and tears and you know and jokes and all that and then you kind of put it together with those emotions in mind and i wrote a proper script and you know kind of structured it like a like a proper movie with a kind of three-act structure where you have a beginning then you have a big point like a turning point you know and then you have the big bulk of the movie and then you have a big good and fast climax in the end and we yeah we just about managed to do that but it was um (laughs) it was it took three years to make it, basically. I, I know that a lot of it's done at editing, having just been involved in a movie. They had, uh, you know, 800 million hours of footage they had to go through to whittle mm-hmm. it down to an hour. And that's that's tough. And I, I don't know mm-hmm. that I have the patience for that. So bless you, by the way. That was the same same with us. It was um, we, The first cut was uh, three hours. And then had to cut it down to, we had to get it down to one and a half hours, 90 minutes. Because the the idea is that you have to documentaries are hard to sell in in you know, anywhere, and so you have to give a fighting chance. Um, and the the way you do it is by cutting it down to kind of ninety under ninety minutes, because then it fits into the slots of of all the broadcasters and networks, because they never really have a longer slot than that. So yeah, that's what we did, wow. and we came very. T- 
tight and fast in the end. What was the hardest part of actually the filming process? Because you're over there, you got a thousand kilometers to cover. I, I, I watched the trailer. Did you have a drone along? We, we did, yeah. yeah. Um, and the funny thing is that um, in the last five years, drone technology has come a really long way. And so the first year round, we had, you know, first drone. And, uh, and it was really hard work to even get that off the ground because the weather's pretty extreme. Um, and yeah, so we got probably two minutes of actual usable footage first time. And then next year it was a little bit better, but, um, yeah, we, we took, uh, yeah, we took a drone and, um, and tried to kind of always integrate that into the story because otherwise what you end up with is, you know, beautiful aerial shots that don't really mean anything. Right. Um, and that gets boring quite quickly, really. When I was at, uh, all the all the wild horses movie.com watching the trailer, which we played before you came on the thing. And, and also following, you know, Leslie and her adventures over there in this bungle derby and all the pictures mm. here, everything seems so crowded, you know, especially on the East coast. When you live on the East coast, it seems like there's just people <clears throat> everywhere. Right. And then you yeah. see this footage and you realize there really is a place in the world where there's a lot of nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's right, um, and and that's a big attraction for people to go there and you know and really be on their own and be you know fending for themselves in in a way, and and that's also the idea of the race and um, and that's really good and that's also the idea of the organizers who um, they they're really protective of it and and that's great. So um, that was actually almost a problem when when filming. You kind of. You, you can't just hang around the riders if you're not one of them. So um, that's that, that was one of the reasons why I rode the, the race twice, because that's the only way you get those stories. And um, Because otherwise you crowd the riders, and, and then there's a car, you know? There's a car kind of following them, and that's not the idea of the, that adventure. So, yeah, you need to honor that and let people kind of do their thing and let people ride it alone if they want to. You earned your cred, in other words. <laughs> you you uh, yeah. you earned it. <laughs> you know, it, it so. is. You know, there have been a lot of correlations <laughs> made to the Hunger Games this year. We've been having a lot of fun with that, with Leslie and you know the tributes and the whole thing. I mean, we just haven't having a lot of fun with it. But yeah. you know, when you think about it, with you guys, the alumni and and everybody that have ridden it and everything, there is a lot of correlations to the Hunger Games. Now we're not killing people, or that's that's not the goal. Um, but yeah. it's so funny the the correlations we had this year to that. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that, that's also the way it works in in the organization of the race in a way because they, you know, all the staff. There's medics. There's vets and. And there's, um, you know, referees and there's, there's quite a lot of people. Um, there's, I think there's probably about at least 10 or 15 four by fours kind of on the go during the race. And all these people try and kind of stay in the background. So you don't really see them much as a rider. And that's the idea of it, that you kind of find your own way. And, um, but these people but are there. they're always watching. Just in, <laughs> exactly. So they watch you on, on the tracker and they're there if, if something goes wrong and stuff goes wrong, a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this year, I think it's, uh, I haven't, I've lost track. I think it's at least 10 proper injuries, really. Um, you know, broken collarbones and stuff like that. 
Yeah, and and yeah. you'd really do get appreciation even just watching your trailer of the ponies. I think I think that we at home don't. I mean, we know that they're they're bucking and carrying on sometimes, but you'd get a true appreciation for how scary that is when you watch even just your trailer. Yeah. The movie's good, definitely going to bring that out. <clears throat> uh, and for every <laughs> yeah. rider, I mean, non riders watching it will think, "Wow, that's crazy." Riders watching that think that's really nuts. You know, that's just <laughs> that's right, yeah. yeah. And and the, and the thing is that that's not really overstating it. That's really how it is. And and there's a there's a very um, good reason for it. You know, if you talk to the herders, <clears throat> they keep their horses. There's fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty horses in one herd, and uh, and those horses need to fend for themselves more or less, um, summer and winter. So you can't have them too, you know, too hand reared because then they're used to you giving them food and and then they lose their instincts. And and these horses they need to, you know, need to know about wolves, they need to know about the wildlife and, and the winters. The winters are, you know, very, very harsh and, and you know, lots not lots, but you know, horses every all the half the livestock died like last winter it was one of those very bad winters. Um, you know, minus um, I, I don't even know the temperature. That was minus forty, like Celsius. So oh, wow. that's pretty bad. Yeah, and How so they lose a lot of livestock. Talk. I wanted to talk to you a little bit today because we have a little <coughs> extra time, and I wanted to mm. also thank you for the for, for helping out with our live coverage on Facebook of this year's oh, Mongol yeah. Derby that we did over the past week. But I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about the lifestyle. You know, they live in the. Are they called? What's the technical name for those buildings? The Gurs? The Gurs, yeah. yeah. They live the, in the, it's, it's just it's, that's the Mongolian name for for a yurt. It's, it's the right. same thing. Okay, how yeah. do they stay warm in those minus forty temperatures? This is cloth. <laughs> they have, um, yeah, it is, but it's uh, it's three layers. So there's kind of felt. The the first layer is felt, and then there's another layer, and then there's a waterproof layer on top, and uh, and they have these really nice ovens in the middle, um, you know, with a. But there's no trees. A, <laughs> That's what was my question: is what are they burning? They burn a lot of the dung of the animals. So um, that's that's the main fuel, really, is the dried um, animal. Um, you know, horses, sheep, all of them. They <clears throat> they basically take all the all the dung and you know dry it, and that's the fuel. So that, and it works really well. Well, yeah, it's worked because for a th- thousands of years. I mean, that's what they've used for exactly, thousands of yeah. years. Yeah. And they have a proper, you know, exhaust pipe going up through through the roof, so it's not like you you get smoked out or anything. <laughs> right. And it stays that warm in there that they can survive. And are they all in one big open room? They are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are all. Well, you know, they often have one more than one uh, girl per family. But um, I think in winter, you know, most of them sleep in the same girl because it's just warmer. Um, yeah, it gets cold for sure. But um, with the with the um, with the fireplace and everything, it's it's bearable. But it is, yeah. To be fair, it is very harsh, and uh, you can't compare it to you know a nice apartment in the city for sure yeah we're sitting here with my air conditioning in florida because it gets <laughs> hot there too so what are yeah. they i know this sounds like a stupid question but what do they use their ponies for um they use them for everything so they um they eat them as well and um and they use the milk um 
for um, lots of things, lots of stuff. But you know, the, one of the main things is um, a drink called Iraq, which is fermented mare's milk, um, which is their kind of equivalent of you know a beer or something. So if you want to get drunk, you drink Iraq or you drink vodka at night, and um, and then it's it's uh, so so what they do is they separate the foals from the mares early on. Um, for you know, for some time every day, and then they kind of milk the mare. So, so they get quite a bit of um, milk out of each mare. But then, obviously, once the foals are um, separate from the, from the mothers, then then they stop milking them. But um, yeah, so, so that's actually that's the same way it works with cows. It's the same thing. Yeah, pretty yeah. much same thing. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's not as much milk to be had, but um, yeah, same thing really. And then. Um, yeah, then they obviously use them for riding, and uh, and it's also a prestige thing. So uh, you know, th- there's also that idea of uh, the more horses you have in a herd, the, the the bigger you're standing, and also you know, the better the horses are, the better they look. You know that that all works towards your own reputation as a herder. So if if you only have measly ten horses, then you're not really anyone. <laughs> so you know. Well, you know, this uh, this is amazing because pretty much they're doing the same thing they really did a thousand years ago. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, they, they've been doing exactly this for at least a thousand years, probably probably longer than that. Longer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and, and I just got done watching Genghis Khan on uh, Netflix, so... <laughs> So oh, I was, wow. yeah. So I was yeah. just like, okay, uh, the series was really good. Apparently, they've canceled it. I was very disappointed, but um, yeah. because they 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 had a lot of ponies in that, and it was really cool to mm. see because they didn't have Frisians. They actually had what looked like Mongol ponies. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. every movie has Frisians, right? It doesn't. You know, apparently Frisians right. were the only horse we've ever had through history. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was good yeah, to see. I, th- the I think they shot a lot of that in um, in. Um, what's called out, no, Inner Mongolia, which is um, kind of China, and then and then they shot quite a bit of it in Kazakhstan. So it's all like it's basically Mongolia. It's all the same kind of area, same kind of landscape, same horses for sure. Well, when is the movie going to be available? We're all excited to see it. When is it going to be available? So it's um, we just had the the first. Well, <clears throat> we had the world premiere um, two weeks ago in Ireland, and. Uh, yeah, and we won the best uh, international documentary, which is really nice and, and you know unexpected because it's the first screening ever. Um, and now it's going to festivals, so it's going to festivals in America, in Canada, and um, Asia and Europe. And then we are now working. We're talking to Netflix. They're very interested to take it probably early next year and. Um, before that, we'll get we'll get probably short cinema runs in, you know, in, in a few cities in in the states and um, Canada and hopefully the UK and and Europe as well, and that will be um, the the cinema ideally will happen around late um, November. Yeah, the, the only problem gonna, with that is yeah, <clears throat> yeah just to, to put a qualifier right in there is that um, November is always the the busiest. Oh uh, yeah, month and all the Christmas in, movies yeah. come out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone wants to get theirs into you November. It might be better waiting for so, January. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll see. It'll it'll really depend on each country. We'll see how that works. But the end game is uh, Netflix um, 
or Amazon. So we're talking to both of them, and um, we'll we're very confident that we'll we'll get a deal with either you know one of them. Well, and we'll obviously we'll announce all that on on our website. That's all the wild horses movie.com. And also on Facebook, it's all the wild horses, on right? Facebook, yeah, all the wild horses movie again. Okay. So facebook.com forward slash all the wild horses movie, and we we put all the announcements on there, so you'll definitely find it there. And we'll definitely keep uh, our listeners up to date on when this is coming out. I, d- I can't wait to see it. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it as well. And, and, and I'm always excited when a really good, well-made uh, movie about horses comes out uh, that's actually done by a horse person. And I think yeah, that's you great. know what um, I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, because yeah, in this case, it was me, me being a horse person first and then deciding to make the film. Please tell me uh, there's no fake winnings. Please tell me. No, there is no fake winnings. Thank it's you. All, That's the thing that drives all, me and our listeners nuts, <laughs> is fake winnings. <laughs> no, it's, all of it is... Uh, so, yeah, so maybe I can just explain it quickly. So all the stories, well, basically, we filmed it over three years. And that obviously means that there's footage of three years in there. And the way this works is that the, the three... There's, like, three main stories, and they're inter, like, interwoven... Um, and they all they're all true within themselves. All these stories happen exactly as they are in the film, and people come in at in that order as well. It's just that some of them didn't write together in the same year, but all the stories are true as they are, because that was very important to me, obviously, because I was one of the writers, and I also really wanted to honor you know the other writers, and I I didn't want to show it to them thinking that you know they'll be like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my experience yeah. at all. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly right, yeah. yeah. And then maybe I, I, just, I can just say that um, we'll be at the uh, Equius Festival in New York, which yep. is in November. Equus I Film think it's Festival. the 16th. Yeah. yeah. It's around the 16th of November. And then we'll also be at the uh, Tryon International Film Festival in North Carolina in October. And Very so any, anyone in that area can, can come and see the film there. Well, good luck with it. I, I am so excited when a really good horse uh, film comes out, and this looks like a really good horse film. And, of course, it's something all of us and our listeners are interested in, thanks to you know Leslie this year really bringing it to the Horse Radio Network and, and making it personal. And now we've all gotten to know Devin, too. So the, I'm really excited to see Devin in, in the film. Yeah. Me, me too. She she really makes that film what what it is now, and I'm I'm very grateful to her to have, to have allowed us to film her and for her for her honesty actually on screen and on camera, because yeah she she was very she she wears her heart on her sleeve and and it really shows in in the movie in a good way. Well, uh, it's called uh, you can find it. It's all the wild horses at allthewildhorsesmovie.com. If you guys haven't become an auditor yet, you are missing out. And I just had somebody become an auditor that said, if I knew it was only a dollar a month, I would have done it a long time ago. That's right. You can become an auditor for as little as a dollar a month. You choose how much you want to help support the Horse Radio Network with. We have some people doing a dollar. We have some people doing $25 a month. It's entirely up to you. You get all treated the same. And what you get for that 
is you get entrance into the super secret auditor room where they have so much fun. You should have seen all the conversations going on in there uh, following Leslie in the Mongol Derby over the last week. There is always conversations about horse health and all different kinds of things. And what's nice is, because this is a paid kind of membership room, the auditor room, there's no negativity. I have, I haven't had to do but one or two deletes in the old time we have had that uh, super secret auditor room. They're so respectful in there. They truly are a family. They become friends, and you too can become one of those. If you would like to have safe conversations that aren't in the public, that you're not going to get criticized for and ask questions, then that's the place to do it. It also helps support our hosts. So you, what we do is we take half the money that's donated every month by the auditors, and it gets divided among, up amongst our full-time hosts here at the Horse Radio Network. So if you want to help support Jamie and Reese and Philip and Wendy... Then you and Jennifer, you can do that by becoming an auditor. Just head over to stablescoop.com and follow the auditor banner you'll find on the homepage. It's simple, it's easy, and we appreciate your support. If you like what we have, then please consider supporting for as little as a dollar a month. Time for the product review. Thanks to horselovers.com who goes out there into the horse radio network listener world, finds folks who want to test products and we send it to them and then they test it and then they review it here on stable scoop. So thanks to horselovers.com Chantel Williams, who I have on the phone with me right now is going to review the officinalis protective flower system. Now I don't think this is a product to, to protect flowers with, is it, Chantel? <laughs> no, it is a different kind of fly prevention system. Um, and it's more based with essential oils and neem oil for the horses that would maybe be allergic to everything like mine. Ah, so it's to protect from biting insects. Yes, it definitely does. And it does a pretty good job. So is it is it like fly spray? Is it like the little plastic things you put around their neck? What is it? It is a little multi-step system where what you do is after you ride, if you need to rinse your horse off, you get these little packets of soap. And the, the soap is a mix of... Um, I think it was lavender and rosemary um, essential oils. And you scrub that into the areas where your horse has the most trouble with their flies or at the end of their biting insects. And then you let it sit for two minutes and you rinse it off and you're done with that part. If they have any other areas that are a big issue, you can have these little sticky flower petals. And these little sticky flower petals you can put on you you can put on the horse. Um, I did notice with these, they are they don't stay on that great when the horse gets sweaty. But because the sticky part just goes on their fur, they don't break out from it, uh. which is really nice because my mare is allergic to most fly sprays and prevention products out there. Mm-hmm. So you take a little dropper then that has an essential oil blend as well and you put 
12 to 30 drops per flower petal. And the flower petals are about half an inch thick and about an inch in diameter. And then you just stick them everywhere like little stickers. It's kind of fun. <laughs> I was going to say, this sounds like a good time putting little stickers all over your pony. You do. You get to put little flower stickers everywhere and they smell nice. Interesting. So um, for my horse is allergic to everything. I tried to put the stickers everywhere and I put them through the ringer to see how well they would work. Mm-hmm. Um, they do stick to the horse after they are bathed. Um, but they kind of need to dry a little bit for them to stick with uh, movement. I noticed, I mean, if you stick it on your horse's belly when they're wet and then they go rub somewhere, it's probably going to come off. Mm-hmm. If you stick it on them after they're dry, it sticks pretty darn good. I had one flower that stayed on my mare for, I think it was four or five days. Wow. And I just kept adding drops of the essential oil blend as needed. Hmm. So are they, otherwise they come out easy. They come out easy. So you put them on, you put the essential oils on there. Uh, how many little flower petals do you get in a box? In a 30, you get 30 flower petals. Um, and the little soap packets, I think there was 12, but you don't need to, I mean, I didn't use a whole packet all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, you do, I would use maybe a third of a packet down her back mm-hmm. and then a third of a packet on her tummy. And then I still had a third of a packet that I didn't really need so I could use it the next time. Mm-hmm. But for, um, for horses that definitely have allergies to other fly sprays or horses that have super sensitive skin, this worked really, really well. I didn't need to put her fly sheet on. Which was nice. That, yeah, that's um, it pretty didn't significant. Her. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't bother her. Um, granted, with it being so dry here this year, we haven't had that many flies because nothing can live, everything's dying. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. So, I, I mean, if it was in a super intense flying insect climate, I don't know how fantastic it would be, but for our, you know, low to moderate fly areas this year it wasn't bad at all for people that have sensitive skinned horses it's a good option there you go so um your mare who is as you said allergic to everything got on well with it so for people who have horses with that frustratingly sensitive skin it sounds like it's well worth a try it is and it is a i do believe set up to be a 30-day system Mm -hmm. um i think it was a 15 to 30-day system. So, I mean, you have a pretty good chunk of time there considering how fast you tend to go through fly spray normally. Yes. And with how expensive fly spray gets, I feel like it's on par with the good quality fly sprays. So it's, it, it sounds as if it, it would be an economical thing to try in addition to um, perhaps much more uh, kind to your particular horse's skin because you get one box, one system, uh, as we do this recording on the horselovers.com website sells for $22 and 46 cents. And you would easily pay that for 30 days worth of traditional fly spray for your horse. Yes. Yeah. 
And I imagine since it's full of lavender extracts, it smells pretty. Oh, it smelled wonderful. She smelled like a flower shop after the bath. <laughs> now, the shampoo packs that they give you, is it liquid? Is it powder? It's uh, its a liquid. It's like a liquid soap. Okay. Now, do you take the liquid and soap and put it, it in a bucket, or do you put it right on the horse? You put it right on the horse, and oh. you just barely scrub it in, because you're not trying to scrub it in too far into their skin. You really want to just spread it around their hair. Oh. And then you just let it sit for a couple minutes, and you rinse it off. Now, do you rub it into their hair all over their body, or just certain spots? You can rub it all over their body if they have... Um, if they're really prone to insects biting them absolutely everywhere with no relief. But with my horse, I just put it on her areas where she seems to be really bothered, which are her, which is her belly um, underneath her belly. Her bag is a really bad area. So I would actually put the flower on her bag mm-hmm. and then write down her spine. Those are her bad areas. So that's where I use the concentrated shampoo. And then the other areas would be where I put the flower petals. Like on her chest, I'd put a flower petal. Um, Up on her neck by her ears is where I'd put a flower petal as well. Hmm, Very interesting stuff. Well, overall, would you recommend this to a friend if they had a horse that had similar issues to yours? Yeah, I probably would. There we go. That says it all. Well, thank you very much for spending a little time with us today, Chantel, and reviewing the Aficionalis, Afis, Aficionalis <laughs> Protective Flower System. Your horse can help get relief from biting insects and channel his inner hippie. Available from horselovers.com. Coming up next week on the show, I have an old friend back. She used to host a Western radio show here on the Horse Radio Network. Her name is Tammy Serrant, and she's now a TV star. That's right. She was on one of the most popular TV programs in the country, or probably the world even. We're going to find out about that on next week's Stable Scoop show and what that was like in the filming of the TV show. We also will have an announcement on who the next competitor being announced is for Road to the Horse next year. And I think you're all going to be very excited about it, and you're going to want to attend after you hear this announcement. All coming up on next week's Stable Scoop. That's it for this week. Don't forget... Our iOS or Android, go there, search for Horse Radio Network, and you'll find our app. It's in the App Store. It's free, and it's super easy to use. It's now got 15 shows on it because one of our newest shows is called Plaidcast Junior, and it's all about junior hunters and jumpers. It's a very instructional, informational show. So if you have a kid that's into that or if you're into that, then this is going to be a show that you're going to want to take and listen to. It's called Plaidcast Junior, and you can now find it at Horse Radio Network com or in the app. Thanks, uh, everybody, for listening, and we are ge- still gearing up for the new Stable Scoop show. We'll start that immediately after we do the Equestrians Have Talent episodes, so you can look forward to that, too. Uh, I, I, some of the pieces are coming together, and, and it looks like a whole lot of fun. That's it for this week, everybody. Take care. Until next week, happy scoop.